This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Yes, we do experience death as a foreign invasion. Yes, we do recognize death as something that's unnatural to us. But you need to know that there was a challenger who challenged death. Death's ultimate challenger did show up on the scene. And he defeated death forever. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. He was better than Buddha. He was better than Solomon. He was greater than Solomon, the Bible says. He, <laughs> he didn't look for a thrilling life, but boy, was his life thrilling. And we see death's ultimate, deadliest challenger. And even those who don't subscribe to the Christian worldview still wrestle with this haunting, haunting reasoning of purpose and meaning in this life, and then a destiny of where do I go when I die. Death meets its ultimate challenger. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It meets its ultimate challenger not in thrill, not in wisdom, not in power, not in meditation. It meets its challenger in a man named Yeshua, Jesus Christ, who came into the world. You see, in the garden, let me take you back again. Uh, In the garden, the sacrifice was made when the animal was killed and the shame was covered. God made a plan and he made a promise and he said, listen, I will come into the world and I will defeat death forever. It sounded like a crazy plan. It sounded like a weird crazy promise and Satan ever since was confused of how can the offspring of man come into the world and defeat death because he's in sin and every time he's born he's he's gonna give birth to children who are sinful Adam believed it do you know that in fact I just figured that out this week Adam believed that's why he names his wife Eve which means the giver of life (laughs) he believed it man he was he responded in faith that's what the gospel is when you respond in faith he believes all right Eve, you're going to be the mother of all, all mankind, all living things. And, and one by one, there is these children that are born, and Satan tries to attack these, these, these children. Cain and Abel, same thing with Noah, same thing in Moses' time. There's always these attacks. But God made a promise in the Garden of Eden that he will defeat death forever, that he was going to send death's ultimate challenger. The plan was strange. The plan was for him to come down into earth into human form, to live a sinless life that Adam could not live, that you and I couldn't live. And then he was going to die the death that you and I should have rightfully died. The death that those animals died. The death that all those Passover lambs were dying. That he would die in the place of sinful man. And that he will experience this foreign invasion. And that he will experience death's deadly blow of separation from God. And that's why on the cross he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he dealt with death's deadliest blow. But here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. This is what makes him the ultimate challenge of death. And this is how you and I know that he lived a sinless life. The wages of sin is death. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 23. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus lived a sinless life. And because of that, death couldn't hold him down. Yes, he took your sin and mine on himself, but death couldn't hold him down because he himself wasn't sinless. And so, yes, they nailed him to the cross, and then they took him down, they put him in a tomb. Day one, day two, the disciples are crying, the women are crying, and early morning, their little tiny sweet feet are moving so fast to come to the grave, and they're like, how can we move this three ton worth of rock? And they come there, and the rock is not even on the railing, it's gone. 
and it's blown open because death could not hold him down he was death's ultimate challenger he was a sinless lamb of God that came into the world to take away the sins of the world and like I said earlier he didn't have to roll the stone away for him to walk out no he's God incarnate come on he walked on water he could walk through the rock but he opened it so that you and I my friends can go in and watch and see that's ultimate challenger had won the victory he was no more there he was no more there my savior is no more in the grave he's no more there he defeated death forever he came out victorious and alive the disciples they're like what are you talking about they run john gets there earlier because he's younger and he's stronger but he's timid peter runs right in and he sees and they say that the, the cloth that covered his head was folded neatly and put away thieves don't do that and his body that was covered it was lying flat, flat like, like, kind of like a cocoon. Like a metamorphosis had happened. We talk about that when we talk about a resurrection. No one had to slit it and cut it to get him out. He came out. And he <laughs> is death's deadliest challenger. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, you've heard me say this so many times because I love this verse. It's got so much rich theology, such rich encouragement in it. This has got to make you stand and jump for joy. For God made him who knew no sin. That's my king, man. I don't know if you know him. That's my Jesus. He made him who knew no sin. He had never sinned. Was he tempted? Oh, yes, he was in every way, yet without sin. Hallelujah. God made him who knew no sin to be sin. Why? On my behalf, on your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. So whatever nonsense you did in 2020, God took all of that junk, threw it on his son, Yeshua, on Jesus Christ. He carried the burden of your sin. God took him who knew no sin. He was an innocent lamb. He had known no sin. He was silent before those that came to kill him. God took him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Why is that? So that we might become the righteousness of God. Oh my gosh, do you hear that? COVID-19 has nothing on me. Who the president is has nothing on me. I got the righteousness of God, baby. Deal with that. <laughs> Death, you've been defeated. I got the righteousness of God. I could go right now because you know what? When I stand there, it's not by works. It's what he did. His blood covers me. <laughs> oh my God, man. If you're not a believer, you have no idea what you're missing. If you are a believer sitting on the fence, oh my God, wake up. You got the righteousness of Jesus Christ on you. Don't let, the, don't let Satan tempt you. Don't let Satan bring you down. Don't let fear tear you down and distract you. Listen, if you were to breathe your last Today, this week, I want you to know, without a shadow of a doubt, when you put your faith in Jesus, it's no more your works. It is what he said on the cross. It is finished. Every time you go back to your works, repent. Run back to the cross. Every time you run into sin, that's you running back to your works, just so you know. I'm not saying go on sinning, that grace may abound. How can you who is dead to sin continue living in sin? you got to repent. There are some sins that you're going to keep going back to and circling back to, but don't ever stop calling sin, sin. Keep running back to the cross. Keep running back to the cross. And you know what? Forgive me if I... No, I don't mean forgive me. Like, like please forgive me. Excuse me. Pardon me if I preach the gospel every single week because I don't want anything else. I don't want to know about your stupid french fries and pizza pies. I want to know what happens when I stand before him in glory. Am I going to be accepted? I don't care if I made a million dollars and had a mega church. God doesn't give a rip about that. All he cares about is, were you covered with my son? I like the way Raul puts it. What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? Did you flip him off and step on him and spit on him and ignore him? 
or did you receive him did you walk with him this is amazing and I'm glad that I don't have to preach two services because dear God this is amazing this is fantastic this is what John the Baptist felt when he saw Jesus walking towards him and he's like oh my God looking at Jesus because he was God he didn't say that when I write my own New Testament that's what I will write the next day Jesus saw uh, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and he said behold look the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world he lived the life that Adam couldn't live that you and I couldn't live he's offering you two gifts two gifts Christmas you might not have received your PlayStation your Xbox but today Jesus is offering you something far greater than any latest technology he gives you two gifts through his life and his death number one the gift he gives you is his life he gives you his life this is something that you don't deserve this is grace you don't deserve this you cannot earn this you cannot stop watching porn and earn God's favor mm -mm. doesn't work that way you cannot stop cussing and earn God's favor doesn't work that way you cannot stop having impure thoughts and earn God's favor doesn't work that way this is a gift that you don't deserve this is not because of what you've done or what you do or the ministry you're involved in or how fired up messages you preach this is a gift that you don't deserve you cannot earn it you cannot work your way up to it you cannot say my dad's name is this I'm white my last name is this This is who I voted for it doesn't work that way eh, wrong this is a gift that God gives you because of his death John chapter 14 verse 19 the second part of it Jesus says because I live you also will live that's a gift yes death is an unnatural enemy to us yes death had its deadly blow in separating us from God but my savior man <laughs> death's ultimate contender showed up and he says because I live now Joel you will live and that's why for us as believers we stand at the grave sites of a loved one and know that this is not a goodbye this is a We'll see you soon on the other side because he lives we will live too I will live and you will live the second gift that God gives you actually let me read one more verse to encourage you it says in Romans chapter 5 verse 15 but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift a, a huge difference a massive a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift for the sin of one man that's Adam brought death to many but even greater, man, I want to try and lift this as a weight that I, even greater, oh my gosh, even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. First gift he gives you is his life. It's a greater gift than the curse of sin. Come on, I want to see you smile. Come on, you got to be excited about this. It's greater than the sin that you experience. It's greater than the temptation that comes. The gift of God is so great. The second gift he gives you, are you excited for this? Okay, the second gift he gives you is he withholds what you deserve. He withholds what you deserve. So the first thing is grace where he gives you something that you don't deserve. And this is mercy where he withholds what you actually deserve. David writes, this is how he writes it, the psalmist. In Psalm 103 verse 10, he does not deal with us according to our sins. Can someone yell, thank you, Jesus, for that? He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. You see, we do that as human beings. You cut me off, I cut you off. You flip me off, I flip you off. You punch me, I break your knees. Right? You cuss me out, I cuss you out. Oh, you want to tag me on Facebook? I tag you on Facebook too. I go on parlor and write things about you because you're not there. <laughs> okay? <laughs> True story. God doesn't work that way. He knows those times when you spat on his face. And he doesn't repay you with, oh, you do that to me? Watch what I can do to you. It is not his will that any should perish. 
And it's because of that he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And then there's this promise, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is a steadfast love towards those who fear him. So great is a steadfast love. Steadfast love. A verse that's been encouraging me the past few months is, it says that even when I'm faithless, he remains faithful. His love is steadfast. Steadfast. You might have failed. You might have fallen. But here is a gift of God that says, I will not give you what you, do, what you deserve. I will withhold that. And instead, I will give you what you do not deserve, which is my life, which is forgiveness, which is steadfast love. And I will separate, I will take away your sins. I will take it away. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. I know that sitting over here and most of you watching online, you're here because you love Jesus. You're here because you want to have a relationship with him because you have a relationship with him. But some of you struggle. And I said, Lord, this feels like I'm preaching to the choir over here. And, and God said, don't forget who you are, Joel. You're an evangelist. You preach the gospel and you call people to repentance. That's your job, so do your job. And then God told me this. He said, there are men and women, even in the church, who are walking towards a hopeless end. And God wants to invite you today to come find a personal relationship with Jesus so that you can have an endless hope. You're walking towards a hopeless end and you know it. You got your french fries and your pizza pies. You know your verses. You know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know that his grace is sufficient for you for his strength is made perfect in weakness. And yet when you go to bed at night and yet when sickness comes and when you can't taste and you can't smell and people are getting COVID around you, there's a fear of death that grips you and all you can see is a hopeless end. And you're not walking in endless hope. And God said, I want you to invite fathers and mothers and children and grandparents and grandchildren, unbelievers, believers, to come into a closer relationship with me, knowing this fact that I have overcome death. And because of that, they can rely on me that no matter what comes their way, they can live in freedom knowing that there's an endless hope in sight. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.